0: Father, we come here tonight because we love you um, and we just want all of our lives, um, all of our words, the thoughts of our hearts to be blessing to your name. Uh, We just want to give ourselves to you. Father God, we love you. You are so amazing. And we come here tonight um, to praise you. Amen. Hey, welcome to uh, Wodonga Baps, it's great to be here. We, we are certainly a church that loves Jesus uh, and we hope that as you come here tonight that you find it, if you're here for the first time especially or you're just visiting that um, you're really welcomed into this place and if you're just investigating the claims of Jesus Christ that you would find it a really safe place to do that investigation and uh, it's great to be here for the regulars as well. Um, I really enjoy just praising God with you and being encouraged by your presence as well. Um, there's a few things I want to let you know about um, going on in the church and that's uh, there are some rosters that are now available so if you're involved on um, welcoming or supper or uh, whatever it might be um, in our church in the morning or evening service then there's a, there's a table out in the foyer with rosters on it your name if you're on a roster will be highlighted so make sure you pick them up after the service. Um, another thing is that Youth United, um, it goes back not this Friday but the The following Friday, the 9th, and that's our ministry to all our high school age youth. So um, don't go there this Friday night because you'll be very lonely unless everyone goes and then it might be all right. Um, And then finally as well, tonight, it's going to be fantastic. We're basically kick-starting the year um, with a prayer focus. Um, And tonight, starting from 9.30, we're going to begin an all-night of prayer where um, different people are going to lead us through prayer all the way from 9.30 till the early hours of tomorrow morning. And uh, we just would love, you know, for as many of us as possible to get there. Because um, it's our desire that we just really be seeking God at this time of the year, that we'd be asking God to lead our church, um, that He would be directing us. Do you know what I mean? And we'd be empowered by His Spirit. So um, it'd be great, you know, if you're a regular here, just make it a priority. So that starts tonight, 9.30 through all the way through the night. And then during the week, we're going to have... Um, From Monday to Wednesday, a morning uh, time of prayer and an evening time of prayer. And then on Thursday morning, finishing with a morning time of prayer again. The details are all in your bulletin, so make sure you you check them out. Um, Yeah, that's the the big one. So make sure you stick around after the service tonight or go and grab something to eat real quick and then come back and and, um, be ready to pray. It's great to come before God and pray to Him. Uh, Well... Quite a few of us, um, or actually, while some of us have been holidaying and relaxing over the December-January period, um, a few of our youth and young adults have gone away and done great stuff, and that's namely the ESA camp that was on down at Marysville, and even some of us, a couple went down to Portland, uh, and also a a beach mission uh, that was held down at Mallacoota. We had a few people there, and I'm going to invite them up in a moment, but um, before I do, um, a little kind of display of what happened at ESA 2007. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word. And now, Lord, we just pray that um, as we come to hear from it, Lord, that you would speak to us. Uh, guide us, we pray. Uh, may your words, just your words, Lord, uh, penetrate deep within us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, I was at a, a conference called the Leadership Summit uh, in the last year sometime, and I heard a message by a guy called Bill Hybels. And I was really encouraged by it, really uh, inspired by it, I suppose, and tonight's message is a kind of a tweaking of this, of this message. So I kind of give him the credit, not myself, um, but there are bits from me. Um, well, the question I have for everyone of us here tonight is, uh, what are you really on about in your life? What do you want about? Because there are there are lots of things to be on about. Life throws up a whole lot of options, doesn't it? Um, You know, some people will say that travelling the world or travelling Australia—that's you know—that's what you want to be on about. Or perhaps it's uh, buying a house or a car or kind of clothes. Maybe maybe you want to be on about starting a family. Uh, pursuing a career or you know, finishing off your studies so that you can get into a job that you love to do, uh, you know, get into a job that pays well so you can then buy a house and car and travel the world and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you're uh, this year, 2007. Maybe you wake up and you go, this year I'm going to be on about listening to music, playing music. Maybe it's watching TV. Maybe that's what you're on about. Or playing computer games. Some of us are. Um, but in 2007, you know, what What are you on about? Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you go, this year, I'm on about this? Um, maybe you set yourself goals. You know, you've hit kind of New Year's and you go, no, my goal for this year is this, you know. I wonder what it is. Well, I reckon that we can exist um, in life, you know. We can have fun. We can pursue hobbies and sport and family and friends and, you know, travel get married, all that kind of stuff. But tonight, I want to put to every one of us here that there is one message. There is one message that we should be resolutely set on. You know, a message that should be like the very foundation of what we do in our life. Or the, thing, the message that should be at the core for everything that we do. And the message is one that uh, as Christians or as believers in Jesus, we never graduate from. You know, we never kind of go, oh, I've been walking the walk for a while now and I'm kind of a bit more, I'm kind of over that stuff. now. this message, you never grow old from. And it's the message that holds the only way we can have relationship with God. And it's a message we must take for ourselves and take for others. And it's an interesting message before I get there. It stems from the love of God for all humanity. This is the driving force behind this message. This is what compels this message into motion. God's love for people who have kind of like turned their back from him. God's desire to once again be united, to be in fellowship with these people. The message is substitutionary atonement. Substitutionary atonement. Now, that's a cool word. What does it mean? That's a good question. could sound a little bit dry, old substitutionary atonement, perhaps boring, irrelevant to life on planet Earth, but it's actually the most amazing message there is. It's the only link. If you want to know God, if you want to continue to know God here tonight, it's the only way, it's the only path to walk, only door to open if you want to be in a relationship with God. So tonight, um, I just want to briefly you know, define it and then take you through a bit of a journey through the Bible as it brings up this amazing message of substitutionary atonement. So just to clarify the words to begin with, atonement is, this is the meaning, atonement is a payment made to satisfy the demands of justice? It's atonement. A payment made to satisfy the demand of justice. For example, it's happened to none of us here. a speeding ticket. Yep, that's right. Certainly not me. I didn't no, not once, anyway. Okay, you're driving around, Aubrey Wodonga. And you're going, this should be a 60 kilometer hour speeding zone. It's 50, I know, but I reckon it should be 60. <laughs> Driving down the road, and you don't see that Hyundai forward drive because they're always Hyundais. And it's got a little machine in the front. And the machine catches your speed at 60 k's an hour. You don't know about it. The first thing you know about it is when a ticket comes in the mail. Now, like it or not, if you've got a speeding ticket, you've broken the law. And you have to atone for your sin. You have to uh, make a payment to satisfy the demand for justice. And this time it's, uh, it could be a revenue spinner, but the Victorian government wants you to pay it. And uh, basically, when you pay your money, does anyone know how much a speeding fine is? 180 bucks. <laughs> Love it. That's confession. That'll get you somewhere. 180 bucks, let's say. You, that's for real, please. All right. Um, $180. Now, once you pay $180 to the Victorian government, once you pay it, you've atoned for your sin. The demand's been paid. You no longer have that hanging over your head. It's been atoned for. So that's atonement, a, a payment made to satisfy the demand of justice. Now, substitute, well, that's a little easy to follow. To substitute means to take the place of someone to take the place of someone else. So a good example of this would be um, a substitute teacher at school. So you, you'd know them because uh, you know, you've given your teacher a nervous breakdown. They've gone home and basically you get this person and some of you there are going, great, cool, I like this. You know, another challenge perhaps, not me, I just had friends that did that, tried to break them down. But the teacher comes in to substitute for the other teacher. They're taking the place of the other teacher. Now, of course, it's with sport as well. So, if you play any team sport like hockey or netball or footy or whatever, you might have a bench. And your bench is with your substitutes on it. So, if a player gets sick, or sick, yeah, maybe gets sick, uh, you know, they kind of get tired or they do an injury, you get another player to substitute them. So, uh, substitutionary atonement is when someone else takes the, our place and makes the payment to satisfy the demands of justice. you with me, yeah? Maybe. <laughs> okay, so I get a speeding ticket and then someone else pays for it. Like that? That'd be good, wouldn't it? No, no one speeds. It's good. <laughs> Do you know that all other faiths, all other religions in the world, they call, if you want to relate with God, they call for self-atonement. So that if you want to approach God, you know, you recognise that you've, got, you've done something wrong, that it's you the one that's got to pay, make the payment to satisfy the demands of justice. And now, biblical Christianity is the only faith that has someone else provided to make the payment. This is amazing and kind of handy because the payment we make if we want to be brought back to God is actually our death. Okay, so that's the payment, that's the punishment that needs to be sorted out. So when we break the rules and we want to have a relationship with God, God provides someone else to die for us who atones for our sin. Now the message, um, so that's it, that's defined, right? Um, what I want to do now is just kind of go through a, a journey through the Bible to give you an understanding of how this theme has like come out. So it's going to be a quick little dance through it. Um, if you've got your Bibles, you might keep up, so grab them. Um, We're going to start back in the Garden of Eden. So this is Genesis. And the world has just been created. Adam and Eve are in the garden. And now they're enjoying the garden. There is no death in the garden. They've just got lots of funky plants that are all cool and, and lots of animals that don't hurt each other. They kind of just live there. And now Adam and Eve, they're enjoying being in the presence of each other in this creation. And they're actually enjoying the presence of God as well. That We read and hear that God does this walk in the cool of the afternoon. And God gives Adam and Eve kind of like rule over all of the garden. And he says, but don't touch that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God says, if you do eat of that fruit, you will surely die. Now, Adam and Eve, like um, disobedient children, they kind of go and disobey. They go and take from the tree and they eat. And it's in Genesis 3.21 where we get this glimpse. We get a glimpse of this substitutionary atonement. Keep in mind, there's no death until this time. So Genesis 3.21 says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothe them. So to cover their nakedness, God goes to an animal of some kind, he kills it, he skins it, and he makes clothes. So for their wrongdoing, to cover up their shameful act, um, an animal dies to cover their shame. A third party cops it. Just a glimpse, just a really small glimpse there. Now let's jump forward to the time that Israel was in Egypt. So the book of Exodus, that tells us all about this. It's the next one on. The nation of Israel have been enslaved for like more than 400 years. And the Pharaoh, the the leader of Egypt, is treating them very, very brutally. And the people, they've been praying to God, say, God, help me. Help us. Help this nation. Set us free. And God sends these plagues to the Egyptians, to the Pharaoh, as a kind of a a bit of an encouragement, if you like, to let them go. And the last plague speaks of again or hints towards this substitutionary atonement. The last plague is God sending what is called the angel of death. And the angel of death is told it's going to sweep over all Israel. And over every house, it's over every family, the angel of death is going to kill the firstborn son. This is what the, the last plague is. But then God says to his people, the people of Israel, he says, but if you, if you go and for every household, take a lamb, you know, without blemish, without kind of defect and kill it and then get the blood and wipe it on the top of your door and the sides of your door, then when the angel of the Lord, the angel of death comes over, he'll pass over your house because a lamb has like, you know, suffered in your kind of eldest son or the firstborn's uh, place. And you can imagine you know, kind of go back there and you have this uh, other son and the father gets the son and they kind of, they go out the back and they, you know, they they get this lamb without defect and they take it out the back and and then the dad's about to kill this lamb and the son's going, um, you know, dad, like, what are you doing? Why are you going to kill the lamb? He's like, it's either the lamb or it's you. So the third party, again, kind of takes kind of the rap in this case. Let's move on. A little further, the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, where um, God has made allowance that if you commit a sin, if you do something wrong that God is displeased with, then he provided this system. You, know, like you can take a dove and you could kill a dove, or you could take a, you know, a lamb or whatever, take an animal to kill to kind of atone, to, to satisfy the demand of, of your sin. So a third party getting it. And it's within this sacrificial system we have this day called the Day of Atonement. And uh, within it, there's a, great, there's a great symbolism, great imagery of atonement. Uh, the priest, the Day of Atonement, there are two goats and uh, one goat, uh, the priest kind of kills. And this is for uh, the sin. This is a, a sin offering, to atone for the sin. And then there's a second goat. And with the second goat, the, the priest kind of like, lays hands on the head of the goat and, uh, and confesses all the sin of Israel. All the sin of all the people, he says, I confess upon this goat. And then the guy, one guy is told that, this is, no, sorry. this is what happens, let me read it, sorry. This is Leviticus 16.21. It's called the scapegoat. So that's where that came from. Leviticus 16.21 reads, uh, The priest is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the desert in the care of a man appointed for the task. So the, the priest transfers, in like symbolism if you like, all a sin onto this goat. And then the goat roams around, it roams around, and the guy watching this goat roam around, and then the goat finally dies. And then the dude comes back, to the, the people and he announces our sins are gone. Our sins are gone because the goat, the scapegoat has died. So a third party, you know, these people sin but then something else dies, something else cops it instead of the people. Now before we jump forward again to John the Baptist who was born uh, just prior to Jesus himself, he's now a grown man, and he has his ministry and he goes out into the, the wilderness, all these parts around the Jordan River and he's uh, preaching and all these people are going out to meet John and he's telling them to get ready for Jesus. Get ready for the Lord Jesus. And when Jesus goes out to John, John says, look, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, So, like, Jesus is the ultimate scapegoat. He's the final lamb to be sacrificed. Now, a few years later, the moment arrives. Jesus is caught. He's convicted from made-up charges, and he's sentenced to die on the cross. Now, he's there because he wants to be. He's there because he's the Lord of lords, right? The king of kings over the entire universe. He's there because he is the lamb. The sacrifice that is provided by God for the sin of the world, to atone for the sin of the world. The only payment that can be made to satisfy the demand for God's justice. And he's on the cross. And the the last words, one of the last words he says is, It is finished. Jesus says, It is finished and then he gives up his breath. The ultimate substitute, not an animal, not an animal, God himself, who reigns, he lives forever, Sacrifice to atone for your sins, for my sin, for our sin. Now, everything in the Bible um, relating to making sacrifices to deal with sin, to atone for sin, it's all been leading up It's all been leading up to this momentum, this momentous occasion. It's a massive time. It's all like, they're hints, they're like signposts pointing to Jesus and his death on the cross. So, a little journey. A quick little journey through substitutionary atonement. Amazing. But one last thing I want to mention about this journey is... The day called the final reckoning or judgment day where every person uh, will be judged for their sin. Every human will stand before God. The moment when God delivers perfect justice for how people have lived, for how they've spoken, for how they've thought. And there's a great uh, misconception, I believe, a great misunderstanding about this day I think some people might think that um, there's going to be a book, right? And in this book will be written all our sin. Every one of us, the day of judgment, all our sins there. And then like from from our big list that God looks at, he then makes the decision whether or not we're going to spend an eternity in hell away from God or whether or not we'll spend an eternity with him. But this is a misconception. It's the wrong question. The truth is, there's going to be uh, one question regarding our eternity. And the question is, who will atone for your sin? That's the question. Who will atone for your sin? Two options. Self-atonement. This is you. Put on your macho face for this one. I would you're going to atone for your own sin. That means you die. You die and you're forever separated from God. Full of regret. Full of regret in hell. And Jesus speaks of this regret that people suffer in the Gospel of, of Luke. And he's talking about these guys who are you know, going to be separated from God. And he says, um, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I love that little phrase, sorry, it's a bit sick, but weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't fully understand it, right? There's only recently I've got a, a nice picture of it. Now, it's a picture of immense regret. Like, imagine spending an eternity just immensely regretting the decision that you uh, muffed, you know? And uh, so you're, here's an illustration. You're, you're flying somewhere, you've got to catch an aeroplane, you're running late, the plane's going somewhere, you just got to get... You have to get to this place. Like you're, You just want to be there. You just, everything hinges on just getting to this place, so you're busting your gut to get to the plane. And when you get to the gate, 15 I think it was, where the plane's leaving from, you can look out the window and see your plane kind of taken off. And you missed your plane. And you're never going to get there. And it's like, Maybe it happens when you fail your exam or something else, but immense regret. Just ugh, like my teeth almost chipped then, I think. But anyway, <laughs> gnashing of teeth, immense regret. So, self atonement, guys. Bad idea. Now, the other option is to choose someone else to atone for you. And this is where it is. This is where Jesus says, I gave myself to be a substitute for you. This is amazing. So you can trade the self-atoning scheme, the plan, for the substitutionary plan by accepting Jesus. Now, this is grace, right? And this is hard to understand because I reckon every ounce of us saying like, no, I don't deserve it, so I can't take it. I can't take it because I feel like I've got to pay it back. But that's grace. That's hard. You've just got to receive it and know that you don't deserve it and just grab hold of it with everything you've got. Jesus, be my atoner. Deal with my sin, please. The payment we need to make of our life to satisfy the demand for justice can be settled on the merits of Jesus. And if you're unclear about this, like today, Get it cleared up. All you have to do is ask. Because whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So my question is, what are you on about? What goals have you set for the year of 2007? Or what about your dreams that this year you want to achieve? You know what I mean? Like, what is it tonight or during the weeks you dream about? This is what I want to do with this year or five-year plan or whatever you do. Do you think that this message about the love of God sending Jesus to die on the cross, do you think this message, the one that um, offers us the only way to have a relationship with God, do you think this message should have any bearing on your dreams, on your goals, and what you do this year. Because it should. It should be at the very core. It should be the foundation of what we do. Of what we're on about. Cause this message, right, we talk about when we talk about salvation, we always sometimes think always sometimes it doesn't quite work. We think about eternal life, yeah? I'm saved, going to heaven, which is like got to have it, you know, that's absolutely amazing that Christ can, like, give us eternal life. But the message changes our life now as well. You know, so, like, when you're walking around, you're, doing, you're living your life and you're dreaming your dreams and that kind of stuff, this message can transform your life, give you eternal life. It can transform everybody else's life if they say yes. You know, so for people who um, long for acceptance, people who want approval... People who just want love, people who want to want peace or want freedom from worry, people who want direction or purpose, or healing from hurt or friendship or hope. This message says that Jesus gives this to you. Jesus provides you with hope. He provides you with purpose, with direction, with something to trust in, when life is all bad. We need to get this message, people, clear in our own heads um, and in our hearts. We need to get this message for ourselves. if you know what I mean. And I don't mean just come to church and go through the motion or read the Bible even and go through the motions, although these are amazing things to do. I mean that you would know that God loves you and approves of you and knows you and loves you, just cares for you and wants to direct you. That you would know that, that you would trust in God's word When he says that, you're forgiven. You know, that we would know that. And that's something that daily I struggle with. And that's a daily prayer. It's a daily target of my kind of thought life. It's to know it. And then when we know it or we're starting to learn a bit more about it, we will make this message a priority to, like, communicate. To get out there. You know, to actually take risks to experiment and, would you believe it, fail a little bit perhaps, you know? Every person on earth deserves to hear this message. Every person that you rub shoulders with during the day, that you speak with in your family, your workplace, your uni, wherever, they all need to hear about it. They all need to hear about the acceptance from God through what Jesus did on the cross, through substitutionary atonement. So my question is, what are you on about? Is there anything more important? Do you get the message? We need to be on about this about Jesus, his death, and the offer of acceptance in Jesus. Let's make that our prayer, people. Let's make it our striving. Let's pray. Father God, um, uh, we are completely in awe of you. Um, We look at your scriptures about the way you atone, you offer yourself as a substitute to deal with our sin. And to be honest, God, we're completely blown over by it. Uh, It's so hard to fully get. And God, tonight we pray that you would help us get it a little bit more. That you would help us uh, make this truth about your grace in Christ, what we're on about. To not be Content with uh, where we're at with you or, or what we're doing, Lord, but that we would pursue you more, to know your love more, to know that we're accepted in you, Jesus, and to make this just the, uh, the way, the power that we just kind of go on and share it with people, and go on to live for you. Thanks, God. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want to encourage us you, in your bulletin, you would have got a blue response card. Now, if you've got a, a writing implement, then please fill it out. Um, it really is a great way of communicating prayer requests, um, letting people know that you're interested in um, serving in a ministry, letting us know that, man, you just want more information about Jesus, you know, or want someone to call you up and encourage you a bit. Um, so I'm going to give you a few moments to just kind of write in there. It's a great opportunity, guys, so um, let's all fill it out.